Hello, this is Nathan. And this is Thomas. And today on Not the Pastor, we will discuss how investing in a website and a logo can help your church. What are some simple tips to keep in mind when planning and designing a logo, as well as how Corey Estep and Jesse Underwood with Engage My Church could be a help. Thank you so much for being with us on the show today. How, how about you start out with just letting our listeners know a little bit about who you are. Tell us anything about you, your family, you know, where you all are at in ministry. Um, just help us understand a little bit more about who this Corey Estep is. <laughs> That's the question, isn't it? Yes. Well, I appreciate, first of all, the uh, invitation to come on the podcast. And I love podcasts. And I've just recently picked up and started listening to some of your all's podcasts. So I appreciate y'all are doing this, making this tool available. Well, as you mentioned, I'm Corey Estep, married to Sierra. And we just celebrated 10 years of marriage this past July. Went to Heartland nice. Baptist Bible College from 2007 to 2011, graduated in 2011. I worked a year at Silver State Baptist Youth Camp, well, summer there, and then went straight to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I was a youth pastor there and assistant pastor at Eastside Baptist Church for four and a half years, roughly. Pastor Phil Spencer, he was the pastor there. And about the second or third year that I was there, God began to work on my heart about church planting specifically. And over time, God would direct that more and chisel that more down into a burden of churches that would be in need of a restart or that were at one time strong and lively, but now are on the verge of shutting their doors. And I'll get more of that in just a second. But after some counseling and some prayer, uh, we decided to move to Spring Hill and help out with Cornerstone Baptist Church, pastored by Richard Rossiter. And God had used the Rossiters to plant Cornerstone Baptist Church in 2007, and at, the, at that time, within nine years, they had gone from just starting with nothing to running about 200 people on Sundays. And I know numbers aren't everything, but something was going on there. The Lord was doing something. So I wanted to train under a man and a ministry that was successful and effective, biblically speaking and had results. So uh, Pastor Rossiter and I agreed that a two-year ministry commitment there in Florida was reasonable as I was mentored there. And I also became the youth pastor and assistant pastor, very similar to what I did in South Dakota. And then in late 2018, uh, I was really chomping at the bit to pastor. And uh, by this time, I was praying about church rescue and church rejuvenation work. And had been there in Florida for just a little over two years. So fulfilled the commitment, I guess, if you want to call it that. And it's a really long story. I won't go into all the details, but just in a long story short kind of way, God in his own incredible way allowed my wife and I to move to Pittsburgh, Kansas, to college town here in Southeast Kansas. And I was voted in by uh, the membership of three people that were remaining there at the church. Uh, to become their pastor. And so in early 2019, we moved and wow. we're coming up on being two years here now. And I love it. I love every minute. Of, I've loved every minute of it. And God is working here. He's growing Liberty Baptist Church. We've seen souls saved. We've seen people baptized. 
and we're at 20 members now. And I do have to say this to many of the listeners of this podcast, I'm sure would be familiar with the name Richard King and his family. And uh, they did so much to make everything possible here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. And Pastor King was here before me and his ministry has always been helping churches near to closing as well. And he had to step down from here very early on in his ministry due to health concerns. But I'm so thankful for his ministry here. And so that's just a little bit about us and our ministry. And I'm excited about what God's going to do here. We really want to tap into a skill that you have, something you're passionate about, and that is creating church logos and websites. So tell us maybe a little bit of background about that. What what exactly is it that you do? Um, here's a wide open opportunity for you to put a plug in here as well. <laughs> T- tell us a little bit about sure. uh, what it is that you do with church logos and church websites. Sure. I mean, whenever I got to Sioux Falls, South Dakota, I was fresh out of Bible college and I had always been interested in art and drawing, doodling, that kind of thing. And whenever I found out that you could implement that into computers, which is another thing that I really enjoyed working with, I was fully sold on it. And so whenever I went to ministry, I also noticed, man, ministry has such a need for design work. And there are a lot of different tools out there that we could use. They're free tools even. You can, you can use those to make some pretty incredible pieces of art and designs. And so I just started learning the ropes of some of the free software. And then the church just decided to start to put in some resources to be able to get the paid softwares even. And so I started taking online courses just expanding my knowledge on it. One thing led to another. This project called for this type of information. So I'd learn how to do that. And a long time making, it just became a, an education over time of sorts. So I uh, really just immersed myself in that and started doing projects for friends of mine. And you know how it goes with the friend tells a friend. <laughs> and I started out maybe doing this the wrong way, but I do a lot of free work for people. and. They didn't talk about, hey, he does this kind of work or what you need. Right. They would emphasize, hey, free for free, 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 <laughs> like that commercial <laughs> right. And so I get calls yeah. <laughs> with the expectation of free uh, with those yes. calls or texts yeah. or emails, which I didn't have a problem with. And I loved sure. doing it. And it was a big help to even growing my portfolio in a way. Of course. But I noticed that there is such a need out there for it. And I'll get into more of definitely don't want to plug engage my church, just our business that Jesse Underwood and I have started. I don't want to like force that into the conversation. No, no, we're okay with that. We're okay if you, if you plug that, like that'll be a help, I think, to our listeners. So absolutely. That's not a problem. Well, I'll, I'll tell you about the business real quick. And all of this stuff is we started engage my church. The website is engagemychurch.com. Justin Underwood and I as really just a solution to a problem of sorts, because we noticed that there were a lot of churches out there that didn't have the resources to be able to make it work. Jesse operated his own business on the side and I operated my own design business on the side. He did more websites. I did more logos and graphic design. Right. And we just discovered pretty quick that because of the lack of resources, by a lot of these smaller churches, especially church plants, and because our heart was in that ministry too, we wanted to put our heads together and 
offer packages to churches that were affordable and were still done in a way that was quality. Um, and so Jesse actually built our website here whenever I got here to Liberty Baptist Church. There's a website here. It was, it was done well, but I just wanted to kind of start from scratch with the website because I really had a heart to make our church the number one search result on Google. That was my goal when I got here, one of them. And Jesse is great at what he does. And he built the, the website exactly the way that I described it to him. And he search engine optimized it. And it takes a while for that to implement itself. But we were at number one within six months. And there are, I think, 60 other churches in a, a 30 mile radius of here. And so it was, we, we were on page 20 when we started. And right. if you're on page two, sure. you're invisible. On top of that, 90% of our foot traffic here at the church, roughly, uh, is going to be from our website, people who have found us online. Sure. And so we offer custom websites designed. We work with the pastor or the ministry worker just one-on-one so they can be as expressive as possible. That's something you don't usually get with other design firms. And we manage social media if that's a need. Uh, we post on the church's behalf. We uh, working on more hosting options. We search engine optimization. Like I said, our goal is to get you on the front page. We can't promise anything in bigger cities and a more competition becomes a little more difficult at that point. We edit videos for missionaries, for ministries. We design wow. custom print materials, design digital uh, design, banners, door hangers, sermon slides, tracks, and inv- invitations, all that uh, logo branding options, all of that. And all of our pricing and all of our services are on our website, engagemychurch.com. So there's your commercial. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. My church uses Jesse. I think before you guys jo- like joined together to create Engage My Church, I've been so happy with the price of that, with the how engaged and um, caring you guys have been about that. And so I, I appreciate from like a personal testimony here, like it's been a huge awesome. help to our church. Yeah. Jesse definitely goes above and beyond when it comes to building a website. And I'm not saying that just because he's a business partner, he's a brother in Christ. And he, I would, I'm not saying that to inflate his ego or just try to, to try to offer something that our, our business can't follow through with. He, he's definitely not bored and reaching out to people and just finding something extra to do. He is swamped, but he wants to go the extra mile. And that's my goal as well. We want to try to be that for churches. Well, Corey, I wanted to start out right off the bat, just so listeners could kind of know, okay, this is a resource. This is where I can go. Also, this is, I, I should listen to Corey whenever he talks. I mean, he, this is a guy who knows what he's, what he's doing here. He's got a whole business that depends on him knowing what he's talking about, but maybe we can now get into a little bit of the why or the, or the how behind uh, this whole topic as far as logos, websites, answer this for us. How can investing in a website and a logo and a logo help a church? Sure. Um, that is really kind of it's a two-part question because a logo okay. and a website, they're put together a lot right. because they're in the same field. Uh, but they're really they have two completely different philosophies in the way that you would approach them. So the logo, first of all would be a, let me back up just a minute and say it this way. I want to approach, I'm trying to get a feeling for who your audience would be. And this being a, not the pastor podcast, right? probably going to be staff members who are listening to this. And 
probably people who already know a majority would already know that a logo is important and a website is important. Yes. And I know that's not your question by any means, but um, <laughs> you don't have to be convinced that there's a need for social media, a good social media presence or being on the first page of Google when you, when people search for your church in an area. But what is more likely is that you need to know how to articulate <laughs> how important it is. it is to have these things <laughs> to your pastor. Yes. yes to your yep. pastor, yep. to the, to the decision maker. <laughs> and that's right. Yep. That's how I want to present the information in a way to kind of tailor fit it to that. Cause I, yeah, I've been absolutely. at two different churches under two different pastors and I know how not to communicate it for sure. To make it an expectation, then I, I've been stiff armed before and rightfully so. That being said, moving forward with this, inf- with this information, I want to present it where you can even just kind of click play on this podcast, starting right here at this timestamp and let your pastor listen to it if he's willing to do so yeah. or to where you can write down this information with him. But a logo and a website, they are so independent from one another, but a logo is an identity marker. It would be, we don't like to use the term brand when it comes to talking about churches because it makes it sound commercialized and really gimmicky. Uh, but it, it's an image, uh, usually including the name of your church or a symbol uh, that gets designed for identification purposes. It usually communicates through symbolism what the mission of the church is specifically. Uh, then a website would be just it's the front door to your church is what I try to tell people. It's not a Facebook page. Don't mistake those two. It's not a Facebook page, not a yellow pages listing. Right. Um, it's a standalone site that's built for your church, not not specifically for your church family. Ten years ago, yes, right. Uh, that would have been more like an online church directory would be on your website, a calendar of events. But now it's geared for people who would potentially walk through the front door. Yeah, absolutely, there you go. And that's a diff- that's a big difference there. That's a huge difference. Those two groups of people that you're targeting. It's going to affect the way that you even build the website. I mean, you got to ask yourself, what's my goal here in building a website? But based on the studies that have been done and statistics that have been gathered, I can say with confidence that if you don't have a church website, you are practically invisible to this generation. If you think about it, you, you want to get a haircut and you're in a place that you don't, you're not familiar with, you're on vacation or whatever, you're in a new place, you want to get a haircut, what do you do? You Google it. If you want to, and you read the reviews, if you want to grab some food, you Google it, you look it up. Well, the mission field to which we are called when they decide, hey, I, I want to go to church or I need to go to church. My life's in shambles. That's usually the mission field to whom we reach. Yes. They think that my life's a mess. I need to go to church because that's what grandpa always told me to do. Right. Great response. But we, we want to be in a place where they can be found if they're in need. And they're going to go to Google. They're going to go to their search engine. And if you don't have a website, they won't see you. And uh, if you do have a website, but it isn't updated or it isn't user-friendly or optimized for mobile use for phones and tablets, it's almost as bad as not having a site at all. Yeah. Um, Can I give a few statistics here even? Yeah, please do. Sure. In 2017, website called HubSpot Marketing. We've used them even at Engage My Church uh, persons. They did a study 
and they, they found that 46%, okay, so nearly half of people say that a website's design is their number one criteria for determining the credibility of an organization. Wow. And that's, wow. that's a big deal. Right. And right. not even what's on it, the design of it, yeah. like how it looks. Huh? I mean, we're taught not to judge a book by its cover. Right. But right. But we do. <laughs> we do. Yeah. We absolutely do. We might even say, well, yeah. that's petty. That's shallow. Shouldn't Christians know better? But I'm talking to, to ministry people here. So we can we can take this. Who are we trying to reach? Right. Yes. We're just church people or are we trying to reach the lost, too? And wouldn't we expect a lost person to have some petty perspectives on things, especially if they've been trained to have this commerce culture driven perspective and a limited attention span of sorts. Mm. It, it, we would somewhat expect that to a degree. And another study that was done by churches, Christians and churches in North America network. It, this is kind of a progression stat. 2009, they said they found that 34% of church attenders said that their website played a primary role in choosing which church to visit. In 2012, 46%. So it went from 34% up to 46%. In 2018, the most recent one, it shot up to 72%. Wow. So that's incredible. It's a huge jump. And that generation, it just shows you that generation is growing. So that's a little bit about the website. And then the logo, though it's not as important as I would say a website, uh, it still is so very important. A nice logo communicates that you're committed to your mission at, at your church. Whether it's true or not, to have a logo that's professionally designed and sharp, it makes people think that, okay, I must I must be looking at a place that believes in their organization. Right. For millennials and gen, Generation Z, as we've come to know them, that is officially, those two generations officially are the majority of our mission field now. And right. they, sure. well, I say we <laughs> think that way. You're absolutely right. So even just this week, I went to breakfast this morning with a guy from our church who found our church because of our website. He, we went to breakfast to a, at a place and he goes, wait, isn't that that place with the really old sign? And like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, he goes, I think yes. you probably drove by. He's like, yeah, I never would have eaten there unless. That's a perfect example. I've been there. So I know it's good. Right. But he never would have gone there yeah. because and he's a, yeah. you know about our age and he never would have gone because yeah. you know it's all the things that churches are struggle with you know an updated website a logo that's sharp they didn't don't have any of that and so yeah. he, he never would have gone yeah Corey, i want to highlight something that you mentioned too i, th I think cuz it's key and it's important before we move on from this and that's that difference between your who you're targeting with your website because we just recently have been working on our own church's website and sort of a revamping there. And the light bulb came on for me whenever I was having a discussion with my pastor and we realized this website is not for our church people. It's for those in the community. Yeah. And that completely changed the entire, uh, I mean, especially the that landing page, that front landing page, I mean, completely changed how that, yes. that works, what it's, what it's designed for, where we were trying to direct people. And, and Corey, for, for those who might be trying to do this, maybe like yourself, who they've just kind of been picking up some skills here and 
there and doing it, maybe trying to do something like this in-house. Maybe it's a smaller church and and they're wanting to save a few bucks and try to develop something like this within their own church. They've, maybe they've got somebody who's got some design ability. What are some tips to keep in mind when it goes into planning and designing that that logo specifically, that site identity that sure. you were mentioning there? What, what are some tips with that? Yeah, as far as the logo goes, um, just some practical tips that I would, and it's, it's funny. These are things I think about all the time, but I, until you're asked the question and you have to actually think about these things, it's, it's not until then that you get the aha moments like, Oh yeah. And it helps me even refresh my approach to logo designing. So thank you, Nathan, you mentioned something that if you have somebody like that's in your church who has a knack for something like this, um, I would say if you have the resources, even let me add this in before I talk about the logo, implement some resources into training that person, show them that you're committed into developing them into being uh, involved in that ministry. That's something that I started to do. And it, it, it's tough if you're the designer and you have to start delegating because you got to let go of some of those creative liberties and trust them. And sometimes it's like, Ooh, that's rough, but you got to let it be not how I would do it. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's the point. Yeah. It's not how you would do it, but yeah. that's how they're ministering. And sometimes it's like, okay, yeah. this doesn't work. <laughs> we got to go back to the drawing board. But, but that is amazing. Whenever you see somebody's face light up, if you tell them, Hey, we're going to pay for your membership to do LinkedIn learning online classes, Good. Okay. you know, of yeah. $29.99 a month. We'll pay for a sense of that. If you are willing to do, this many hours per week and contribute contribute to that yeah and then we'll give you the bulletin to do each week or we'll give you we're going to let you redesign the church logo ultimately we want to give you a few projects first and just guide them and give them some expectations and yeah you know, Corey, that that's kind of like how we would train young musicians in our church and we say that we think that that would be important yes. and, and allow them to develop their, their skills. And maybe we start them on like a Wednesday night when there's not quite as many guests and people there and, and let them kind of work out the nerves there and then yeah. still they work up to where maybe they're the, the primary musician on like a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what I'm hearing here is that media websites, logos, design, all, all of these, these skills are becoming uh, much more important and a primary ministry within the church. And we would, should, we would do well to have this, that same development and delegation mentality in that ministry as we would in other ministries. So it's worth some resources. It's worth it some training and some forethought here. Let me develop you so that down the road, you can be a real asset to the church. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. A great mindset to have. Yeah. We'll go on with that logo, that logo idea. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Just some tips. I jot down a couple of them. And so one of them was uh, this, never create a logo. If you're going to be the one that designs it, never create a logo and settle on it just because you, you alone think that it looks good. Right. <laughs> Especially when you start. <laughs> yeah. It can be that once you start to learn the ropes of a new technology, you can start to be deceived that, wow, because I know how to maneuver around on this technology and I created this. This may be the equivalent of a proud kindergartner coming home and saying, I put a crown <laughs> against paper and moved it across the right. paper. And you'll look back on that someday and yeah. say, wow, that's terrible. <laughs> and right. I do the that's same thing analogy. about my 
designs that I started out with. And I'm sure 10 years from now, I'll look at the designs I'm doing now. And so have a group of people that you can trust and who won't be over kind as to not give any critique, uh, but have multiple trusted sources to look at it. And there are online communities even that uh, can give you pointers. Just go on, if you have Facebook, go on Facebook and just in the search bar type in graphic design critique. And there are groups on there where you can just post your design and, and professional designers or at yes. least people who think they are get on there and they sound at least <laughs> and they can yes. give you some good critique. And, and that takes some courage. It does. <laughs> it does. But it's an anonymity there. That would be, uh, <laughs> you don't know any of these people. You never see them again in your life. So they can slap you across the face and walk away. Those types of things are really, really helpful. And I've learned most of my, it's like a rapid learning environment because when you start working on your weaknesses, that's when you get bolstered the quickest with anything and designing can be an exhausting process it it on the mind of course it's not laborious and physical ways but i mean there you'll find that you'll have to take some breaks because you can get tunnel vision and look at the same thing for hours or even just 30 minutes and get so burnt out on one thing or so narrow focus that you think it looks good yes but Right. You're off in left field. And so walking away and coming back, those those are helpful. And every designer is partial to their own fonts and colors and shapes and elements and methods. So for me, sans serif font, bold, minimalism, and always some sort of slate blue in there somewhere and white. Right. Those Fair are enough. my <laughs> those are my tendencies. And I see them in practically everything that I yeah. do. So know your tendencies. And then on top of that, learn vector software. Vector, just to try to explain it here, vector means you can create a design and scale it in infinitely. It's not pixels. And uh, you can rasterize a file and make it into pixely, but learn vector software specifically. And there are some free softwares out there. And don't cut corners on learning design, the process of design. Um, learn the importance of file types, learn the importance of especially copyright rules, learn the importance of how to prepare and print files, how to communicate with printers, with people who print. And those are things that you have to learn the hard way. And you may even, you may even waste resources that are the Lord's in making errors. And I've wasted a lot mm. of valuable resources that I shouldn't have because I yeah. cut corners and learning yeah. a certain a way of doing things. And then another thing I wrote down is don't make the logo too noisy, too busy, too complicated, too congested, whatever word you want to put in there, describe it. We've all seen that one logo, right? It has a emblem and then it has like really small wording. It has their entire mission statement in this emblem, it has their church name in there and it has a Bible that's open to John three sixteen, and it has a cross and a shepherd staff and a King James version 1611 and an American flag. And there's Christian school mascot <laughs> and Trump 2020 in there somewhere too. It's got all of that. <laughs> it's just this Franken logo out yes, of just yeah. something horrible. And just remember a logo, these three key points about a logo, simple, scalable, symbolic. Those are the three things okay. in the forefront of my mind. 
and I even made them all the same letters. So yes, thank you for that. But simple is key, scalable is key, and symbolic is keys. Scale simple, keep it just one or two elements. Then scalable, will it be recognizable whenever I size it? And then symbolic, is it? Can I look at that and say, oh, I see, I see what this represents for our church. Yeah, I appreciate that, Corey. If somebody is going to bring this to you, all right. So we've we've convinced them through this conversation. Eh, maybe maybe I can't just grab the clip art book that's sitting on the shelf at the church and you know put it on the photocopy and see this is our new church logo. Don't do that. But so somebody's decided. Okay, this is maybe out of my league. I don't have the time or resources that I want to invest in this. So instead, I'm going to hire somebody like you, Corey, who to do this for us. What kind of things should we come to you with, like? We want a logo. Uh, help us communicate well to you. Sure. Yeah. I see what you're saying. That's something that is, <laughs> if I'm not given the right information and I completely miss what they're wanting, it's usually not their fault. The Go with extreme ownership here. Okay. I'm always at fault. <laughs> if, if something has gone wrong, right. we appreciate what that. did I do wrong? And so okay. I have tried to implement some questions that would hone in the details that I'm looking for, because sometimes for some people, they just think make it edgy is enough. <laughs> make it modern and great. Descriptors are great, but right. got to be more detailed than that. That's pretty generic. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised what we get, <laughs> what some of the. I don't care. Sure. I'll love whatever you guys make. And so we just like send them the Metallica oh. logo and they're fine with it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Bless God. <laughs> Lord. Honestly, sometimes the whatever you give me is going to be so much better than what I have that I would be happy with. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, it wouldn't even matter. Some people have said that though. And then you do that and then they're like, no, let's do this. And then they start giving you details. And even if it takes one time, yeah. What we do is we build in three revisions into every logo package. And a revision is a change, a modification of at least 25% of the logo or less. Uh, anything more than that would be considered a redesign. And I always say, I'm asking all of this these questions up front, and I have a list of questions I ask them. Be as detailed as possible, as deep as possible, like overly informative up front. So that way you don't have to use a revision or a redesign in order to, for me to better hit the target. So one of the, some of those questions would be, number one, I say, send me screenshots of logos that you think are sharp. They can be of anything. We're not going to copy any logos. That's just illegal. But it gives me an idea of, oh, this is what this person looks at. And they say that I like. And it may not be what I look at and say I like, but I can see at least a pattern in there to kind of. Yeah. know what to aim at as a designer. And then I ask them to use descriptors. I say, give me 10 descriptive words, up to 10 descriptive words, like classical or traditional or cursive or whatever words they want to give me. And that, they usually use all 10. And then I have them give me their church mission then tell me any elements that they want to see in their logo. Are there any specific fonts you like? Are there any specific colors you like, shapes? So that helps us hone in. 
And that's, that sounds like a lot of work for somebody up front, but I mean, really you're doing the, the work in that case. So for them to take 30 minutes to answer those questions or even an hour, I mean, you're talking about a logo that probably the logo is going to outlast the website. I would imagine yeah. maybe even a few websites because logos don't typically change as often as a website does. So you're talking something that might last yeah, up to 10 years. I think it's worth an hour of yes. well thought through time of, I want to be very specific about what I'm looking for here because totally. it's, it might be another decade right. that, that before we have a new one of these. Yeah. So let's get it yeah. right. Linda's going to, I mean, potentially go on your, your church sign, your letterhead. Yeah. It's going to go yeah. on your, I mean, it'll be on your website, right? People are going to see it everywhere. And that what you just said right there, Thomas, is huge because I tell people don't settle for something less than what you want to, because you don't want to look at your church sign every day when you pull in the church parking lot and say, oh, I wish we would have. <sighs> or why did we go forward with this? The more you can, yeah. I can't wait to change this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And people are so yeah. apprehensive about making modifications to a design because they think the designer takes it personal. But no, we are an extension of your arm is what the designer would be. We are trying to figure out how your mind is working. And we just try to be that tool to give you what you want to see. We want you to That's be awesome. thrilled and love your design. And we're going to work with you to, even if it takes more than three revisions, we're going to be flexible and we're not going to be strict about those kinds of things at all. And I, I would hope any designer worth their salt is going to do the same thing. And I, I appreciate that, Corey. And I know we're we're getting close to the end of our time together, but just want to mention again that you have the ability to do that for people and want to do that in a way that would be a help and a blessing to churches. And so if that's a need for people that are listening, I'm, I hope they would at least check out your website and you know, give you a call, send you an email, those kind of things. And if people need just a pointer to, uh, if they want to talk about, hey, I'm stuck on this or give me some tips on this, please reach out. All of our contact information is on our website. Yeah. Well, we've got you here. Corey, what would be maybe just one last piece of advice that you would like to leave our listeners with? Yep. That was one thing that, that you just really wanted to pass on. Um, I would say that understanding who the audience would be typically of a podcast like this, patience goes a long way with your pastor. And I'm sure this has been said repeatedly. It's a big step sometimes for, especially if there's a generational gap, uh, for a pastor yeah. to take a step out and let the church be rebranded or let a website mm. be implemented. COVID-19 has been, the pandemic has been a great time to allow a uh, transition of sorts to take place and understand yes. we're not talking about yeah. being seeker sensitive or whatever that would be. You can still have a sharp website and a sharp logo and still be Christ centered. Yep. Totally. And uh, so we're not asking yeah. people to give up or compromise what they believe by doing this, but be patient with your pastor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. And just to speak to that and man, that's, that's the way it's worked for at our church. And my pastor will be the first to tell you, I hate this stuff. This is, duh. It's a, <laughs> yeah. That's not my pastor stuck in the past. That's not what that no. is at all. That's the pastor be wanting to be wise with resources. Yeah. That he wants to be careful about making changes that 
we don't see every effect of those are things we want in our pastors yes yeah absolutely yeah, that, i mean that's why jesus put him there and not me yeah <laughs> so, for sure remembering that is so good and just remembering that hey just because it's your idea or just because you think it's in need or or maybe it really is in need and it's not even trying to be like rude about it but patience is so key i appreciate you yeah. reminding us about that Lord. thank you well, Corey, whether somebody is wanting to do this in-house or they are looking for a resource, somebody who can help them and, and do it for them, I think this episode will, will be a help to them. Thank you Good so deal. much for your input and, and uh, just talking with us for a bit about this crucial aspect of, of the church's presence. Thank you so much. Pleasure to do it, guys. Thank you for the invite. Thank you so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. We'd invite you to reach out to Corey, engage my church. All of his information will be in the show notes there. If they can be a help to you, I know they've been a help to me and to my church. So I want you to take advantage of the ministry that they have going on there as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, we would invite you to rate and review us on iTunes. Your rating and five-star reviews help get this podcast in front of more people so more people can listen to it as well we'd love if you join us on facebook facebook.com backslash not the pastors where you can find us also wanted to let you know that we're going to take the month of december nathan and i are going to take some time off but we're going to continue to put out some content through the month of december it'll look a little different but definitely want to be ready for season two starting back in January. Until then, we are not the pastor.